0: we're in this series called love to get it hard to give it about some of those things that we really enjoy when people are giving us those things and yet we find it difficult to give especially when we're not seeing it in return I recall a very brief interaction just to kick things off with a bank teller it has stuck with me low these many years because I felt disrespected I went in simply to give a very brief request that maybe the bank might want to replace a debit card that, even though it was only a couple of weeks old, would fail to read properly. And I thought there was a defect in the card. But have you ever met with somebody who had that tone? Well, this teller had that tone. And she asked me a question that sounded a little bit more like an accusation. She said, have you been using that little sleeve that we give you to protect your card, to keep it from getting scratched? And I felt like she needed to move her glasses down onto the bridge of her nose. And I felt like a four-year-old who had gotten in trouble for not doing anything. Outwardly, I remained calm, and I tried to show her respect that I wasn't feeling coming back from her. Inwardly, I was a boiling cauldron and I wanted to write a sternly-worded letter. However, because I kept my cool, I think, that may be why she did it, she looked like she was a member of a jury weighing whether I was guilty or innocent or not, whether she should charge me that reinstatement fee for a new card. And when it was all said and done, she said, yes, we can replace that card. But on my drive home, I processed it, and I realized how worked up I was over this brief interaction because it's really hard to give respect when you're not receiving it coming back at you, especially when you feel like it's undeserved. And that's why I wanted to look at a guy named Nehemiah who was sent by God to help Jerusalem as they were moving back after their 70 years of exile in Babylon. They were trying to rebuild the wall. He had a lot of work to do. And so we find that the recap version of this is that they were, in the first four chapters of Nehemiah, receiving outside threats. These were people who were whispering threats and saying, oh, your God's not going to protect you. And you just wait. When you least expect it, ooh, things are going to happen to you and you're not going to like it. Yeah. And that was the kind of outside threat they'd been receiving. Now in chapter 5, there's a shift and we start to see that there's a different kind of threat. There are complaints that are starting to arise because people are actually complaining against one another. So in the first few verses of chapter 5, we're starting to see that they were in a world of hurt. There had been a famine, so on top of coming back when they had been in bondage all those years, and now they're trying to rebuild, their farms were a shambles. They didn't have time to plant and grow new food because there was all the work to be done on rebuilding the wall. And so some of these people were complaining. And as they complained, Nehemiah took those complaints to heart And then he starts showing us some things that we can do to help earn respect of other people. So that's where I want to skip to. Rather than talking about all the reasons for stress, you know how we get stressed. I don't have to talk about that. We're going to talk about how to earn respect even when we are stressed. First of all, demonstrating empathy is something we see Nehemiah doing. We learned how sympathy Is something that you can feel pity for somebody else but you don't necessarily feel what they feel empathy goes deeper than sympathy you can weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice as it says in Romans 12 that's empathy we're actually identifying with their feelings and we validate their feelings by saying yes I felt that feeling before I understand what you're feeling right now doesn't mean that we have to agree with them it may be that we're in the middle of a negotiation but we can at least validate their feelings And so Nehemiah had said in verse 6 of chapter 5, When I heard their complaints, meaning the people, I was very angry. Now this is the righteous indignation. He was empathizing with them because he could feel their righteous indignation, saying, yeah, it's not fair that some of you are so hungry right now, especially when some of your own people are making you mortgage your properties and being able to sell your children into slavery just so you can have enough food to eat. So he was angry, but he was angry for the right reasons. That's very different than self-righteous anger that we have very often. So he was empathetic. Second, he showed us that he thought first and then he spoke. Oh, how many things could be made better if we could just take this one principle and put it to work. People who blurt the first thing that pops into their head without thinking through what they want to say don't often earn the respect of others. And very often they will try to justify that kind of behavior by saying, everybody else is thinking it, I just say it. (laughs) And we can say, well, you may just say it, but I'm not sure that you're earning a lot of respect in the way you say it that way. Some people just don't have that inner dialogue, so to speak. That's what they would say these days. Look how Nehemiah reacted to the complaints that he had heard. In verse 7, after thinking it over dot, dot, dot. Wouldn't it be great if we could have a three by five card and put that in our mirror so that when we get up in the morning and we're brushing our teeth, it would remind us after thinking it over, the next time I come into a stressful situation where I feel disrespected, I'm going to remember this one principle. Think it over. Have an inner dialogue. Process what you're going to say next. Don't just blurt the first thing that emotionally spews out of your mouth. Proverb fifteen twenty eight says this, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. If you have your Bible open, circle the word before and underline the word speaking. <laughs> before speaking, think carefully. That's the kind of people who can represent the heart of God. Thirdly, we can see that Nehemiah attempted to privately resolve this conflict before he took it to a broader group. This matches exactly what we see Jesus telling us in Matthew 18. Go privately, one-on-one to somebody and try to work out your differences. If that doesn't work, then take two or three witnesses with you. If that doesn't work, then you can take it to a larger group. He said in Nehemiah 5, verse 7, I spoke out against these nobles and officials, and I told them, you're hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. He had gone directly to the source first before he opened it up to a a larger group and he started greasing the wheels and telling them about what he was casting in terms of this vision of redeeming the children of israel and rebuilding the wall and giving them a place so that they could be in their homeland again and after he had primed the pump with this smaller group then he opened it up to a larger meeting this is that third practical application of nehemiah's wisdom He's earning respect because he's going to the people that he needs to influence first so that the larger group will then be brought into this process as well. What do we see happening today? Do a lot of people try to resolve their issues by going to the individual they have a problem with right away? I would think in most cases, no. In fact, I think we see a lot of people who will rant on social media or they will find a friend at a coffee shop. I have a lot of meetings at coffee shops. Um, because I'm taking it to the streets. (laughs) And I enjoy coffee. And sometimes you'll see somebody with their friend and they're ranting rather loudly in a public place saying all the bad things that are essentially gossip about somebody else rather than going to that person first and trying to work out their differences. Oh, we could solve so many problems if we could go directly to that person. I have yet to meet. Now, if you've met somebody like this, let me know. And I'll change my tune. But I have yet to meet somebody who says, you know, I am so glad that that person said what they did about me on social media. That rant was so helpful because it cut me to the quick when I saw what I had done. And I knew that at that moment, I was wrong and I needed to repent. And I did. And our relationship is stronger than ever thanks to that rant on social media. Have you ever met anybody who's had the turnaround that way? Probably because we need to learn from Nehemiah and Jesus and go directly to the person that we have a problem with and try to work it out first. Let me ask you, why do we keep doing stuff like this? It's a simple question. Why do we think that we're going to change the world by our rants on social media? It just doesn't happen. So I'm here to say that practical application from Nehemiah, think before you speak, And just don't rant on social media. That would be my unparaphrased, unpublished version of Nehemiah. Well, after he tried to deal with the problem privately, then he called a public meeting. And this is following that same approach that Jesus had called for. And he was appealing to their best. This is another principle that we learn from Nehemiah. He's appealing to their best rather than cutting them down. We can't build anybody up by cutting them down. It doesn't work that way. And he wasn't cutting them down. He did tell the truth. We'll see that's a part of this two-pronged approach. But he appealed to their best. He was appealing to a vision, trying to elevate them in this vision. He did two things. First, he appealed to their sense of fairness and loyalty to their fellow Israelites. And then he told the truth, how their specific actions were specifically keeping them from reaching those new heights. He wanted to bring them back to a vision. Jesus was so good at that. He was a master at showing the vision for what God wants for us. He would say, you've heard it done this way, but I tell you, and then he would show them a better way. He was elevating by raising up a vision. You know what we see a lot today, especially in politics and leadership and business? We see a lot of people trying to motivate by fear name-calling, putting other people down, thinking that if we can just get this person to hate that person more than they hate this person, maybe they'll vote for this person instead. Not terribly effective leadership. I'm here to tell you, that's not what Nehemiah was about either. He was trying to elevate them by pointing them back to their vision. He says, look, we're a a people of God. This is our homeland. Let's raise the bar, folks. Why are we doing this to one another? He said, what you're doing is not right. And then he got very specific. That was in verse 9. He's appealing to their doing the right thing, but for a good reason. He's not just putting them down, he's elevating them. Instead of just telling it like it is, like some people will say they do, Nehemiah was telling them what it could be. Wouldn't that change the conversation among people? If we could start saying, here's how I hope that it could be someday, rather than just telling it like it is. Then, he gave them a specific plan of action about how they would be able to change what needs to be changed because if we don't come with a plan of action, all we're doing is just ranting on social media. You must restore their fields, he said, their vineyards, their olive groves and homes this very day because these were the people, their own Jewish people, who were having to mortgage these things in order to be fed. Repay the interest, you charged, When you lent them the money, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, he says, let's just stop this for a time. Let's have a moratorium on taxes and on this money lending because this interest is exorbitant and they can't afford it yet. Let's get rebuilt first and then we can move forward. And they responded. It says in the latter part of Nehemiah 5 that they did as Nehemiah has suggested. And one reason they did was, this is the fifth thing that he shows us, he was humble and generous. He says, I've been lending to people as well, and so I'm with you on this. He came alongside them, and he said, let's do this together. He led by example, rather than saying, go do as I say, but not as I do. He said, let's stop this lending with interest, because they can't afford it. Let's help them rebuild their houses, and let's get this wall rebuilt so we can feel safe against our attackers, and then let's move forward together. One of the things that he did to be humble was that he refused to be entitled He refused to think that he was owed something by somebody. In fact, he didn't take any payment for some of the things that many governors could have taken because he wanted to show them that he was with them and leading by example. When we put the needs of others first, ahead of our own, people respond. They can see that we're there with them, laying our life down to help them move forward. And it it increases our positive influence and it builds bridges. So let me ask you this. This is a legacy question. What would you like to be remembered for? What would you like people to say about you? Would we want to be known as that person who could really lay down an awesome rant? Or would we like somebody to say, after we're gone, you know, he was such a peacemaker. Or she knew how to cast a vision for what could be rather than just telling it like it is. I, for one would really like to be known as the peacemaker and i'm hoping that we can learn from nehemiah what that can look like practically speaking as we follow jesus example as well and help people move forward to fix their eyes firmly on the author and finisher of their faith because he wants to elevate them by casting a vision for what we can be if we're looking more and more like christ and reflecting his glory to others father thank you for this day thank you for worship Thank you for your practical word that even in the Old Testament we can see people like Nehemiah who show us practically speaking what it means to build bridges, reflect your glory, elevate other people, even how they see themselves, and point people to peace. May we be peacemakers and may we bridge that gap between us and other people so they can see Christ in us. Be drawn to him as you, that hound of heaven, are nipping at their heels so that they too can one day come into a faith relationship with you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.